0: on Jesus Center Stage, we talk about a scary walk in the woods, different kinds of fears, and the answer to all of our fears. Well, I'm going to start out today with uh, a correction on uh, something I said on a previous podcast. Uh, it was the podcast we done. You remember the one after the Super Bowl, Mm-hmm. and uh, we was talking about Tom Brady's seventh Your
1: lousy predictions. Yes,
0: my lousy predictions and Tom Brady's seventh uh, Super Bowl. And uh, we mentioned that 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 number seven seemed to be uh, like the, a limit. Uh, and I in that podcast I mentioned that Michael Jordan had seven, and that Dale Earnhardt had seven, Richard Petty had seven. Um, And that now Tom Brady did And I didn't really know Any other, uh, you know, sports That had uh, people in it That had seven Uh, But since then uh, It was pointed out to me as Even as much as a Michael Jordan fan uh, That I was during his career That he only had six Well that's a let down He had two three-peats So obviously that comes to six Uh, Earnhardt did have seven Petty did have seven uh, but it also, uh, my brother uh, pointed out that Lance Armstrong had uh, seven Tour de France wins, and then um, someone also informed me today of several uh, baseball players do, who had more than seven.
1: Um, this is why you should do research.
0: I should probably research instead <laughs> of just, just throwing it off. I think we even had this conversation about research researching things before you speak them. Yes, um, I'm learning yeah.
1: the necessity of correctly researching
0: mm-hmm. so i'm i stand corrected um and and in honesty though i wasn't uh i wasn't saying that no one had more than seven i just was pointing out that it seems like s- seven seems to be your especially in i mean the more uh, contact sports Mm-hmm. Uh, and basketball being one of well, them. Well, by the
1: time they get seven, they're probably wore out. They probably don't want yeah, well
0: that, yeah, to have that anymore. Yeah, and that was my point, was that at seven, you've had a pretty lengthy career. And uh, in the contact sports, and, you know, back in the day, believe it or not, basketball was a contact sport. Uh, back then, uh, they were more man- manly men playing. When you had Jordan and Patrick Ewing and Carl Malone and, Charles Barkley and they, they roughed each other up a lot. And, um, so
1: I have no clue what you're talking about.
0: Well, I understand. <laughs> I, I, kn- I knew you wouldn't, so I could have named off anybody and you wouldn't have <laughs> I you just, said, just went oh, along okay. with it. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but back then, so basketball was a contact sport. So, um, but then you, you do have, uh, as I said, uh, a, a man today pointed out to me that, uh, there were several baseball players that had more, uh than than 10 uh more than seven uh but you know baseball is not a contact sport so sometimes those guys can play longer and uh so I stand corrected on on that so I'm making that a, a formal announcement that I might have been wrong naming just just the three that I named off uh but uh either way it's still a great accomplishment to to get one championship in any of these major sports and um and I mentioned Tiger Woods on the last one. Uh, I doubt you know this because you don't keep up with the news, but Tiger was in a really bad wreck this week um, and is in serious condition in the hospital, but I did hear this evening that he had shown some improvement. So hoping that those, uh, that his injuries are, uh, even though they're they're major, that they'll be minor in the long run and that he can still... Uh, Their
1: recovery continue, will be good. Yeah,
0: continue his... Uh, his career so we'll be uh we'll be praying for him and that uh through something like this maybe the lord will be uh even more relevant uh you know in his life and and uh things happen like that you don't ever know so god
1: can use anything that's
0: right so what's new with you
1: um well i ruined the christmas story tonight for the youth so that wasn't that was a great moment. And let
0: me clarify. By ruining the Christmas story, she doesn't actually mean she like destroyed it. She just told well, it I, from a perspective maybe that's not all uh Christmassy.
1: No, no, I ruined it. Because every like every nativity scene and every Christmas movie and every everything always has the wise men at the manger. It's not like that in the Bible so yes I ruined the story Mm -hmm. because we're so used to hearing it that way but it doesn't say it that way in the Bible it says the wise men came to the house so we went through the actual story of his birth tonight which did not include the wise men because they weren't there yet so yes that's what's new with me Mm -hmm. so then one of them said Oh, so now we can get irritated every time we see them with you. And I was like, that was the whole point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when we see all the nativity scenes. with
1: And go, why are the wise men there? Yeah, They're not supposed to be there yet. One of them said they're going to take the uh, next time they have the nativity scenes out at the house, he's going to take the uh, wise men and move them off to the side and set up a little sign that says not yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, coming soon. Yes. We'll put that over there. (laughs) Yeah, so that's that's good our youth are learning uh, a lot of uh, biblical truth uh, through these Bible studies and little things like that. You know, we say that a lot, book, chapter, verse, and uh, sometimes we look at those things. And, and that Bible story, I feel sure that when you see the Bible story and the nativity scenes and the wise men are included, it's because they're part of that story, but it's hard to include several span of several years into one scene right there so
1: well i just don't know
0: anyway so uh since we was here last the weather's gotten much better
1: oh it um, was beautiful today yeah, It was like 70. i drove with my windows open yeah
0: and last week you amazing. know we was talking about snow and and freezing temperatures but uh saturday this past saturday was uh it was pretty nice out and I took advantage of the weather and went, uh, I've been going uh, quite a bit since hunting season had ended and just going walking in the woods, scouting, looking for things for next year. And uh, so I went uh, to our local management area here and walked about two and a half miles. Um, It's on a mountain and I start at the bottom and usually work my way up towards the top and then kind of loop and come back down to the bottom. But um, this past week, I had, I had parked on a dirt road now this is like a 20,000 acres uh, forest and I parked on one of the dirt roads that that are you know away from the paved roads and I started my walk well I went up and made my loop and when I came out I came back out to the dirt road um, about a half of a mile from where I had parked my truck and this is once again just a dirt road that's going through the woods um, so, as soon as I step out of the woods and into the road, I look to my left, which is the way my truck is, and um, strangely enough, i seen a, a family in the road, a man, a woman, and two children, uh, which is odd to see them out there. Uh, but You're they, usually
1: all on your own, lonesome up there. Oh,
0: yeah. You hardly ever see anyone. Maybe, a, you know, a passing truck every once in a while, but never anybody out there walking. Uh, so... As soon as I seen them and knowing we was in the middle of a forest and they didn't know I was there and all of a sudden I just popped out in, into the road <laughs> um, they was walking away from me which was the same direction as my truck was and uh, so I knew right away I thought they don't know I'm here so when they turn around and see me there's no telling what they're gonna think you know so they were they was about a hundred yards up the road from me so I'm walking Trying to keep pace with them so that I don't get any closer to them, and uh, everything's going well. But then the two little kids and I'm thinking they was about four to six or seven years old, maybe. They stopped and started picking up rocks and stuff in the road and just throwing them in the woods and being kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in doing so, the parents didn't stop, so the kids (laughs) were falling further and further behind. And uh, I seen the mother turn and. and say something to the kids but she did not see me in the road behind them at that point and you know i think she told them y'all come on hurry up you know that kind of thing well they went a little bit further and the kids were still just playing so she turned around once again and that time she seen me <laughs> and uh you could tell instantly that fear took over <laughs> and and at that point i seen her quickly coming back towards the kids and uh, she grabbed one of them by the arm you know not not being mean but like she just grabbed him and was like come on we got to go we got to go and then i seen her as she got close enough back to the to the husband there apparently she had said something to him cuz then he spun around and looked real quick too and you could just tell uh, by their body language that they was uh, a little startled uh, but uh, it was one of those awkward moments that uh, as soon as i stepped out i knew Like as soon as they see me, they're going to be frightened because a man just walked out of the woods out here in the middle of nowhere. They think they're out
1: by themselves, by themselves having
0: family time. And if the kids want to wander off and throw rocks, it's no big deal. And then all of a sudden they turn around and there's a man standing behind them in the in by himself. Yeah, by myself uh, with with waiter boots on and and (laughs) camouflage and uh, you know. So uh, yeah, but fear. Uh, set in on her real quick it look, looked like and she gathered the kids up and then they continued walking and I made sure to to keep a good distance back and every once in a while you'd see them glance back to see if I was getting any closer um but uh it you was can't just, blame them no no because I'll I, <laughs> be honest if I was walking <laughs> in the woods like that and mm-hmm. it's happened before uh, not long ago I was way off the road and there happened to be a a hiking trail in that vicinity and, uh, I had come across just going up the mountain. I'd come across that hiking trail and it just so happened when I looked, there was a man walking toward me, uh, down that trail. And I, you know, I just assumed he was a hiker, but still when you see somebody out in the middle of the woods like that and you don't, you didn't this expect it
1: This is why I don't go to the woods.
0: Well, you don't know what else you're missing out there though. Mm. it's, uh, it's especially, debatable. especially early in the morning, uh, the sun rises and and you actually can see, I know this is going to sound crazy, you can see the earth just coming alive, uh, just, you know, especially in the winter time when the, the frost is kind of melting off and the sun's coming up and then all of a sudden you start hearing the birds and then you start seeing the squirrels and then you just see things coming Except alive. Except
1: when you're hunting the
0: squirrels. Except when you're hunting squirrels and then you'll see deer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so being outdoors is is great and awesome. It's just when you're out there and you're not expecting to see a person, you know, you could see a deer or a squirrel or even maybe a bear, and you just know those are animals. They're supposed to be in the woods. But when you're out there and you think you're only looking for animals and all of a sudden there's a person right there, then you don't. I mean, a person is the most scariest animal in the woods because you don't know what, what they're there people. for or if they're happy to see you or not happy to see you so but anyway that was uh that was something i' done this last weekend and uh, I won't be able to do it for a while because of work we're back on long hours and stuff but i do enjoy that but uh, speaking of fear and and that just got me thinking uh, i mean you've talked a little bit about this uh, earlier today um, and i was thinking about the way that when that woman seen me, You know, she immediately wanted to get her kids and she wanted Mm -hmm. to tell her husband and and those kinds of things. But it got me thinking, too, about about the fear that that we have as as Christians, as believers, as followers of Jesus. And then it got me thinking, what does scripture say about the fear and what examples uh, can we see?
1: I think too often our fear is like the instinct, like that mom, like that was her instinct. Um, Even though, like, because she didn't know, because she didn't know you, she didn't know where you came from. So the unknown sparked that instinct of, Mm -hmm. I need to get my kids closer and we need to get out of here. Yeah, Like it it was that instinctual fear, which was in that case, not a terrible thing, not a bad thing. No, no. But I think as Christians, fear too often becomes our first instinct
0: yeah yeah it 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 can and i think we're there as you just said there's different kinds of fear um and and you'll hear a lot of times that verse in in second timothy uh four and seven and it says for god hath not given us a spirit of fear uh, but a uh, but of power and of love and of a sound mind and we and we hear that a lot, you know, God did not give you a spirit of fear but then at the same time I, I, I like that woman. That's not that wasn't a bad fear. Right. Um, you know, I have a fear if I'm you know, if I was standing on on the edge of a cliff and it had been rainy or it was icy and I'm within a foot, there's a fear there which keeps me safe. I, right. I know that it
1: and was And that's a that's a a caution, more more than it is. I mean, I guess you can call it fear,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it makes it's a fear that makes you cautious. It's not a paralyzing fear.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: um. And I think in like in that verse it says he's not giving us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. I think it, it's the when fear takes away the sound mind, when fear starts to overpower and overwhelm. And it takes away that sound mind,
0: mm-hmm. where
1: that you're you're anxious and you're fearful and you're just worrying about everything. Um, th- this is a little humor on this note, but there's there's uh, some people who who have that they just have that that worrisome personality, I guess, mm-hmm. and some of them see it. And, and claim scripture and, and, you know, but some of them just like, that's just the way I am. And and it's to the point of, and it, this is going to sound funny, but it's to the point of, they're like, well, I can't go do that because this could happen and I could die. You you can't go do this because, you can't go to a foreign country because the plane could crash and you could die. Mm-hmm. Or you could get a disease and you could die. Well, where does that stop? Because, and, and I'll never forget this. Uh years ago this that we were talking about this example um, of, of somebody being like that of you know you I don't want you to go do this because then this could happen and you could die and they were like well where does that end you could go to the mailbox and get a paper cut and get an infection <laughs> and then you could die so don't or you could get yeah. b- hit by a car going to the mailbox so like where where does that where does that end and I think that's where it goes from a fear that you're cautious and you have common sense mm-hmm like you're not gonna go get the mail when there is a car coming. Like yeah. have common sense, but you're at the same walk time, not
0: to the yard where a scary dog is.
1: Well, a- they're not that scary, but yeah,
0: yeah, some of them <laughs> can be. <Yeah. laughs>
1: but what I'm saying is, there's a, there's a different like the when the fear takes over is when it becomes more more than necessary. When it when it becomes paralyzing. When it takes over that sound mind. Where it's actually crippling us from walking in faith or walking in the kingdom and doing kingdom things because we're ah, I could die.
0: Yeah, and I, I still think that we're we're somewhat talking about different fears. Uh, like I said, if, I, if I, I'm not going to stand right on the edge of a you know a hundred foot drop off, if it's muddy and slippery and I know I could fall. I have a fear of falling to the bottom, right, and hurting myself. Therefore, that fear keeps me safe. I have a fear of, uh, you know, taking a curve up here at ninety miles an hour when I know you can only take it at fifty. Those fears keep me safe. But I think when we're reading scriptures, and and it says that God hath give us um, hath not given us a spirit of fear. Um, I think I think a, a lot of that is applied to um, our spiritual lives and and yes our spiritual lives bleed over into our daily lives and and you kind of did touch on that like some people are gonna say well I'm not going to go on that mission trip because you know they got malaria over there in that country and they got mosquitoes that that can carry you away and I don't want so there there is some of that kind of but you had that's that's a, a fear of caution um, that to me is different than knowing I don't need to go hang off that, that cliff without a, a safety rope, you know. But then there's also, I think a fear that as believers we have to deal with sometimes that, that is purely spiritual. Is that making sense to you?
1: I'm not sure. So in the amplified, it says, for God did not give us a spirit of timid timidity, or cowardice or fear but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound judgment and personal discipline abilities that result in a calm well balanced mind and self control so that goes back to what I was saying if it's fear that results in a calm well balanced mind and self control being cautious mm-hmm. if it's a fear that keeps you safe then, then we're good yeah. but if it's the fear that destroys your sound mind where mm-hmm. you can't you, you can't Cope, or you can't deal because there's so much fear; it, it becomes paralyzing. Yeah. Then that's that's when I think the the spirit of fear takes over. It's it's mm-hmm. more than just being cautious or having that healthy fear. Um, but it's it, it's a whole nother whole nother level of fear yeah. that just that paralyzes you mentally mm-hmm. and spiritually.
0: But you think what's what's the the absolute worst thing? That fear could do, and I know that's a broad question, and I got one specific answer in my mind. But the worst thing fear could ever do to any of us would be to to cause us to pull away from Jesus, to let our faith in Jesus waver, uh, to to have our fear overcome us to the point that we think we need to react on our own in that situation
1: fear fear threatens our trust
0: yeah like if
1: you're if you're trusting you're not going to be afraid if you're going to be afraid there's something wrong with your trusting like if we're saying opposite
0: yeah i i I trust the lord i trust in jesus and things are rocky you know we're but we're trusting in jesus we're trusting jesus and then all of a sudden something comes along in your relationship or in your health or at your job or whatever and that fear level skyrockets, mm-hmm. that threat level skyrockets. And then all of a sudden, you, you you don't say that anymore that I'm trusting in Jesus, but then you start saying, well, what I have to do what is do, I, yeah. do this. What I've do I this. need to do to fix this? And, and in doing so, fear, mm-hmm. uh, it has taken away our sound mind, which our sound mind should be focused on Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and keeping him
1: that so we're, we're talking about different kinds of fear but it says in proverbs that the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom
0: there's a whole nother kind of there's fear. a whole nother
1: kind of fear but i'm going somewhere with this so th- that fear in in proverbs i think it's uh, chapter one maybe verse seven is the first place that it talks about it but that kind of fear is a is a reverence and an awe mm-hmm. for god so again a, a different kind of fear but a good kind of fear the,
0: the most healthiest of fears
1: Right. But what I'm saying is if we if we are trusting and it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of wisdom, mm-hmm. wisdom is not knowledge, wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge. So if if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and and we are focused and we are reverencing him and we are in all of him, that's where our focus is. Yeah. And so we are, are in that the fear of the Lord. But when we start when when our fears when the other kind of fear skyrockets, as you say, when something happens and it and it jolts us and then what happens? We exchange the fear of the Lord, the awe and the reverence for him for what do I do now?
0: Fear of the circumstance.
1: Fear of the circumstance, exactly. And and so the the, the fear, the type of fear is exchanged in that simply because we're no longer focusing. Because if if you think about the fear of the Lord and you're reverencing him and you're in awe of him, that means you are focused on who he truly is mm-hmm. and how great he is and how big he is and how powerful he is. And if you're focused on that, then there's no reason to fear. Yeah. There's, no, there's reason to be reverent and there's reason to be in awe of him. Mm-hmm. But that leads to trust. Yeah. Whereas this other kind of fear which destroys our sound mind takes that away where we're not e- we're not looking at you know, God is big enough to handle this. We're like, Oh, what do I do now? Yeah. Which it it just exchanges that fear, if that makes any sense.
0: It it does. And and I was I was sitting here trying to to recall um some some biblical uh, you know, situations where we can see this. And I have two in mind. Both of them very similar in that they involved the the sea, and the disciples and Jesus. Um, one uh, in in which Jesus was with them, but he was asleep. Mm-hmm. And and it tells us that the storm was raging, the sea was rough. They was they was fearing. They was you know in in panic. Right. Um, the other. Uh, is uh, when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus came walking on the water Uh, they was in fear Um, they seen him and that struck even a greater fear and and they thought you know is this a a ghost is this you know what is that I'm seeing and and in both situations in one way or the other um, Jesus told them not to fear Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and I'd have to go back and look uh, at the scriptures, but I'm pretty sure in both those he mentioned their faith. Also, yeah. uh, ye of little faith, mm-hmm. or where is your faith? Uh, and I think um, we can tie that together that the fear showed a, a weakness, you in know, their in, in their faith. And by 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 tackling their fear, they strengthen their faith, and by strengthening their faith, they Got a grip on the fear um that was just two two examples in there that i kind of thought of uh that where we can see the fear of man and then we can see the peace and the um the instructions of jesus and and mm-hmm. si- simply you know there's, saying don't don't fear don't fear
1: there's so much in this world that will strike fear like there's there's so much uh, you can be scrolling on social media turn the news channel on look at the weather forecast i mean name it Mm -hmm. there's something out there that if if you give it a chance it's going to bring fear like if you if you entertain it it's going to have the opportunity to bring fear and at the same time or I guess opposite of that there's so much in the bible that contradicts that as many situations are there that there are in the world that can bring fear there's as many or more places in scripture where the lord says don't be afraid fear not be of good cheer mm-hmm. peace be with you like there's so many places in in the bible that that I, I, I could pretty much challenge you find what you're afraid of and there's going to be a scripture that says you shouldn't be afraid of it. Like there's oh, yeah. gonna, there's there's something in there. There's so many different. I was I was looking through a list of of different places in the Bible that says don't be afraid. And it's a whole bunch of different situations. Like a whole, you know, from Jesus walking on water to prophecies and looking in old testament books and even in genesis places that god said don't be afraid because i'm going to do this don't Mm -hmm. you know there's so many different situations and and like i said we have we have we're exposed to so much stuff that can cause fear Mm
0: -hmm. but there's so
1: much in the bible to contradict that fear yeah and to focus our our faith instead of our fear
0: yeah and i and i think of of course we're we're here to, to share Jesus, uh, but to think of of dealing with the things that we see uh, in the in the world we see on the news nowadays, mm-hmm. and what is constantly if if you've got any kind of social media or or a TV is constantly being put in your face, um, and and trying to deal with the fear that comes from what's going on around. My you My
1: personal favorite when the prophets, and I air quote, prophets come out with a message that has no scripture in it, and it's simply fear. Mm -hmm. Get ready for this, because this is going to happen. Get ready for this, because this is going to happen. First of all, I have yet to see any of those things that I've heard happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But those things take off like wildfire. Oh, yeah. Like, they get shared through messenger they get like mass sent out they get posted they get reposted and and it's there's no biblical basing in it there's nothing but fear and it strikes fear and spreads fear and it it just catches like a wildfire to to the point that people can't focus once they see that Mm -hmm. they can't focus on how can i serve god today or how can I trust him today? Or they, they can't even focus on that because the fear is so paralyzing that they're racing around trying to get prepared for something that's probably not even going to happen. Yeah, because of the fear.
0: It's—it's mm-hmm. it's no different uh, than than the news media spreading fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's as their you, favorite as you thing. Air quoted the these prophets that say a certain thing to bring fear you know I've over the, over the years and I've everybody's probably heard some of them that the the prophets will will claim uh, a natural disaster is coming there's going you know there's gonna be a city flooded there's gonna be mm-hmm. you know a volcano erupt and, and wipe out a whole city uh, I heard prophets after the fact trying to say that they seen 9-11 gonna happen before it happened but and, and and if you're listening to this and you have an opinion please share it with us um but i always wonder what what good is it if i say that your town's gonna flood in two weeks what did that do for god what what did that
1: especially if i just leave it there yeah like noah preached that the flood was coming but he preached repentance like mm-hmm. y'all need to get it together before it happens yeah. but there's so many of these uh, like i don't even be honest with you i don't even click on them anymore like no. i can just i can just smell it i'm like nope not not listening
0: mm-hmm.
1: because th- there's th- they just spread fear and there's no there's no jesus in their message there's no gospel in their message
0: well there's there's just like conspiracy said, theories most of them no instruction in there like if you look at the old Old Testament prophets, there was always a a a moment of God's not happy about this. There was a moment mm-hmm. of this is what God's going to do, mm-hmm. and then there was a moment of this is what you need to do.
1: Exactly. And
0: in doing so, you know what God gave a way to to control the fear, because mm-hmm. if God said He
1: gave a solution for the problem.
0: Yeah. If if God's you know sent Jonah into Nineveh. And said, "Tell them, you know, mm-hmm. and he give them a message." Well, at that point, the the people in Nineveh didn't need to have a a fearful fear; they just need to have that reverence fear that right. you mentioned. And and, and that's and, what I
1: was just about to say. Yeah. When you when you prophesy, and I quote, prophesy air quotes that something terrible is going to happen you you're just spreading fear. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you know something bad's going to happen and you add Jesus in that, then you're refocusing back onto that reverence of the Lord. Yeah. That hey, you y- you know, y'all need to y'all need to pay attention. God's trying to get your attention, you know? Yeah. But but there's you have to add Jesus to, into it. You can't just all this bad stuff is going to happen to you. You need to get ready. You need to stock your freezers. You need to do all this yeah. stuff
0: yeah that without jesus
1: like what 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 what's the point like there's nothing there's nothing here
0: yeah it it's uh kind of that that if you you tell somebody you know like i said the prophets say uh you know houston is going to flood in two weeks well, instead of people repenting and turning to Jesus they're and just praying, out of Houston. they just they decide in two weeks they're going to leave Houston for a little while. They're going to go mm-hmm. somewhere else. So
1: and there's no that there, there, nothing's been accomplished. And what made them do that? Fear,
0: fearful fear. Exactly. Call that that unhealthy fear. It's not you got a you got healthy fear that that keeps you safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, godly fear that is reverence for God, and then you got f- fearful fear, useless fear. Uh, uh, enemy giving fear, mm-hmm. you know we, the the Bible tells us about the enemy and that he's the father of all lies. And where does most of this fear come from? Is from someone that has lied yeah. uh, at some point. And I'm not. Uh, I mean, I know you touched on the prof- on on air quoted prophets uh, earlier, but it's it comes from it comes from people within our families. It comes from the TV. Mm-hmm. It comes from people at our jobs, and it's not. Oftentimes it's somebody that's repeating something they heard, and you know it's interesting. You hear, you know, oh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen, and, and it's it's intriguing. So you share it, and in doing so, but um,
1: that's that that thing that you. There's so many places that we hear it. That's it's so important to guard mm. our hearts. It's so important to guard what we what we hear, what we see, what we. And, and some of it, you know, you you can't just like. If somebody, if your coworker is trying to tell you about something, you can't just be rude and say, "Hey, I'm not listening to you." Mm-hmm. But if it scrolls on your Facebook, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to stop and entertain sure. it. Like you, you have the option to to leave it alone. Yeah. You have the option to ignore it in in some situations. And I think it's so important to guard that, to guard your mind, to guard your heart. And in the best way is to know what this what this word says yeah there was a, a situation that came up in in youth tonight um uh, one of them was talking about their co-workers and and something that they brought up at at work and and because she had read the bible she was able to say I, I, that's not in there like mm-hmm. that you know
0: it stopped the fear
1: exactly and, and it stopped the unknown like mm-hmm. You know, and if she hadn't read it, then she'd be like, "Ah, did that really happen? Is that is that really you know is that really how it went down?" But because she had read it, and she she's working on guarding her mind and her heart, then when that was when that subject was brought up to her, she was like, "Eh, "That's not what that's not what it says," you know, and and that's that it just reminded me when we're talking about how how many different ways that fear. Is introduced to us. I mm-hmm. mean, how, and how we react to and, it, exactly, based
0: on what we know about God. I mean, mm-hmm. she knew what the word said. So, mm-hmm. or or uh, or he or whoever this was, I wasn't there, but they knew what the word said. Therefore, they was overcomer of the fear, right? Uh, because of that, or the or the they was a uh, they was a stopper. You, you know, <laughs> they stopped it right there instead of mm-hmm. going on and telling someone else. But I want to. uh, to kind of shift gears just a little bit here because I know we're getting close on time, but um, this I never this just came to my mind just now, uh, and I didn't ever relate it to fear, but uh, kind of what you were saying made me think. But I was listening to a message um, by Paul Washer. I know you're familiar with him, and, and I heard that. Um, I was listening to that message, and he talked about, he, he said there they was a brother came to him, and was telling him about these these laws and these things that were trying to get passed in the United States, um, that that were going to drastically affect Christianity and, and and you know Christian freedom, and and he said he was just telling me all about them, and he said and then at, finally he just looked at me and said, "You act like you're not interested in this. You act like this doesn't bother you." And and Paul Washer said he told him said it's because it don't. He, he, you know, he, he was telling him they're trying to pass these laws and they're trying to put these, these you know, ordinances in and it's going to affect the church. And, so, and he said, you act like this doesn't bother you. And he said, it don't. And he said, why is it not bothering you? And, he, and Paul told him, said, because I have a sister who just had her arm cut off because some radical Hindus came in and attacked her husband and cut her arm off in doing so, because they were Christians. That was why that happened. And and no, it wasn't his biological sister. He was talking about a sister in Christ. Right. And and then he went on to say, and and then on top of that, I've got brothers and sisters who haven't heard the word yet. They don't even know. They're not my brothers and sisters in Christ yet. But they're they're purposed to be. They just need to hear the word. And and he was saying instead of me being fearful. About what the government's going to do to the church, mm-hmm. I've got bigger things to do that come with sharing Jesus and making sure that my brothers and sisters that were attacked, that you know she had, this woman had her arm cut off, the man got beaten you know to inch of his life. I guess those are the things he was worried about, and you think
1: well, it, Jesus says in in a couple of different gospels i think to not be afraid of those who can kill the body yeah like that's that's not that's a that's a misplaced fear there Mm -hmm. but again to reverence the lord like he's he's the one who decides about your soul so that that's where the fear needs to be is the reverence for the Mm -hmm. lord
0: and and, you know we even talked about maybe this being a topic uh for one of our podcasts but uh, as I was listening to, to what he was preaching and thinking, he wasn't worried about the ordinances being put on. That that didn't strike fear in him. And one reason, I think, is is because there's been ordinances against God's Word from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. We go back into the book of Acts and see that, that the, the authorities there told the disciples, just stop talking about this.
1: You're not allowed to preach yeah. to Jesus so, anymore.
0: So, but... God's word always continues on because it's his will. Uh, So, you know, he was just saying, look, there's one thing I'm not going to fear is that any government will ever shut down Christianity. That will always be there because that is God's will. What I'm going to worry about is is letting more people know about Jesus. And that's a way to stop our fear is by going back and focusing Mm -hmm. on who are we serving? Why are we serving him? And what has he called us to do in serving him?
1: Yeah. I want to share uh, some verses in Isaiah really quick before we go. Go for it. Um, Isaiah 8, verse 11. um, This was a discovery for me today that I'm super excited about. So it says, For in this way the Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people, behaving as they do, saying, You are not to say it is a conspiracy in regard to all that this people call a conspiracy. You are not to fear what they fear, nor be in dread of it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you are to regard as holy and awesome. He shall be your source of fear, and he shall be your source of dread, not man. Then he shall be a sanctuary, a sacred, indestructible shelter for those who fear and trust him. Book chapter verse for being afraid of what might happen. Yeah,
0: where, was, where was that in Isaiah? For Isaiah the listeners?
1: 8, 11 through 14. There's your, your book chapter verse for being afraid of conspiracies, being afraid of what might happen, being afraid of what the government says or what somebody says that their friend in the Pentagon says. This is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says you are not to fear what they fear. Yeah, You're not to be in dread of what they're fearful of
0: there is But, there's but the Lord
1: of hosts, it is the Lord of hosts whom you are to regard as holy and awesome. And that goes back to the reverent kind of fear.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then
1: if, if our fear, if he is the source of our fear, if we're reverencing him and in all of him, then it says he shall be a sanctuary, an indestructible shelter for those who fear and trust in him.
0: And do you know what that, that the meaning of that word sanctuary means? Like if you have an animal sanctuary... That means they're telling you this is where the animals live and where you're not allowed to bother them. Mm, that's That's, that's a sanctuary. You know, you have a bird sanctuary. Mm-hmm. You can't go hunt birds in a bird sanctuary. That's their mm-hmm. safe place. Right. So when you look at it like that, don't fear what, what the world's fearing, but you're somewhere in Jesus that they can't, they can't hurt you. They indestructible shelter. Exactly. It reminds
1: me of Psalm ninety one. It says he who dwells in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That that place. Yeah. That that's your if you're there then mm-hmm. what what shall I fear?
0: Exactly. And I and I think of this and it, it might sound a little cliche, but I but I truly mean it you know, word for word, in that there's nothing that will let you sleep better at night. Than, than when you lay your head down knowing that, that Jesus Christ is your Savior, mm-hmm. that you have accepted him, that he is at the right hand of the Father interceding on your behalf, and that when you wake up tomorrow, he's still going to be mm-hmm. there. And, and even if the worst happens, if you walk out the door tomorrow and one of these disasters did happen and your life was gone, you don't have to have a fear of what's going to take place next because he has told you that. And there's nothing that we will ever have, nothing we will ever find, nothing we will ever take, nothing we will ever smoke or drink, nothing we ever can encounter that is possible to give us that kind of peace than when we know that Jesus Christ is our Savior. Mm
1: -hmm. One one, verse that I've think I think I've prayed this verse probably more than any other one verse in the bible but psalm twenty seven one says the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the refuge and fortress of my life of whom shall I dread if 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 your focus is him and you know he is your refuge you know that he is your strength you know there is no one like him then the fear fear has no place like fear just just goes away mm-hmm um, but what, what you just said about, um, about if, even if something happens to us, we, we know what he's already done. We know about eternal life. We know about his gift. Um, reminded me of Revelation. In Revelation 2, verse 10, it says, Fear nothing that you are about to suffer. Be aware that the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested in your faith and for 10 days you will have tribulation be faithful to the point of death if you must die for your faith and I will give you the crown consisting of life yeah. so he's uh it, it was it was the in the message to the church at Smyrna but he says fear nothing
0: nothing at all
1: fear nothing even if you suffer fear nothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: because and be faithful because I will give you a crown of life
0: yeah, and we know Fear that nothing. Every every apostle except for John suffered, mm-hmm. uh, you know a, a, what we would say a gruesome death, and every one of them done it. Uh, you know I I think this might be the right word to say, but they done it gladly. Right. Uh, they they wasn't they wasn't a time when they changed their minds. There wasn't a time. When we can read, or you know, most of that would be in history, not in the scriptures. Uh, John the Baptist is is in our scriptures, but we don't see where he he had fear overcoming him because well, he knew he had he right. had he had led the way for the Savior of the world, and that, that everything was okay. There was nothing to fear. Well, you
1: you think of Paul too. He actually elected to be to end up in a Roman prison. Mm-hmm. Like he asked to be sent to Rome and and he knew he had to know he wasn't gonna come back. Yeah. He had to know that this was the beginning of the end. But he wanted to go to spread Christ to Rome. Mm-hmm. Like he said he he appealed to Caesar in in um was it Festus that said I would let mm-hmm. you go if you hadn't if you hadn't appealed to Caesar I yep. would just dismiss the charges and let you go. But once he had appealed to Caesar, there there was no stopping it. He had Mm -hmm. to be, he had to have his day before Caesar. So he, Paul actually chose, okay, like I could, I could go with this and just, you know, keep preaching, but I want to get to Rome and this is how I'm going to get to Rome. And you had to, I have to, I have to take the gospel to Rome.
0: And and he, he done exactly that. And I was going to say, you had to get started on the apostle Paul as we're about, out of time here Uh, (laughs) you're welcome but you know there there is one one place in scripture where paul is uh uh speaking to the church there and says like he's had a struggle at whether he would like to to die and Mm -hmm. and go be with christ which he said would be the better of the things or was it going to be better for him to stay and continue telling them about christ Mm -hmm. Uh, so where's the fear in that statement is there's two choices here, I live or I die, and there's no fear in either one of mm-hmm. them. Um, so that's, that's the, that's, that's the a joy. That's level
1: of faith that completely dissipates fear. That's
0: right. And uh, so we're, we're running low on time. We're actually running a little over what we normally try to do, but uh, I've, en- I've enjoyed this because I know fear is something that, uh, that everyone will face, and I know that if I might preach here just a second is that without Jesus in your life, you will be overcome with fear Mm -hmm. and you will let fear guide you. You will let fear steer you into worse situations. Uh, You'll let fear control uh, you to the point of depression, to the point of alcohol abuse, to the point of drug abuse, to the point of um of losing your self-worth suicide. Uh, suicide you will let fear dominate your life without jesus in it but i can promise you that with jesus in your life at jesus at center stage is what we're here promoting is is that jesus christ <laughs> being at the center of your life will overcome all fears
1: he will be that guard. He, exactly. He will fight every that battle
0: that that you are worried about. He will he will take care of you, if you will just allow him to be the center of your life and and, and be the center of everything that that is going on around you. You're living for him, and he's ta- he's taking care of it from there. Uh, okay. Fear cannot hurt you. Fear cannot take you anywhere else, because he has he, he's defeated it. He's defeated death, hell, the grave, including. The fear of any of the above. I have eternal life through Him, and what's to fear?
1: Perfect love destroys fear, and He is perfect love.
0: Perfect First, love.
1: Read First John.
0: All right. Well, that was my little mini mini sermon right there at the uh, to close us out here. So, uh, moral of the story today is don't fear, but just keep holding on to Jesus.
1: Keep Jesus on your stage. That's
0: right.